individual, Crawley. Now, just I'm put down you. the hammer, sir. Oh, I'll put it down. Oh. On your skull! No! <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. I'd like to teach the world to sing Another public service announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> The complete solution for your home PC. Motherfucker. Like planet Pluto. But if I crashed into Uranus, I would stick it where the sun don't shine. Cause I'm kind of kind of like Han Solo. Always stroking my own. Ooh. I'm the root of all that <laughs> you can call me cooking. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof. Oh. We don't need no water, let the motherfucker burn. Slam, bang, and hammin' burn. 
Hey, 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 welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room with the lovely Ms. American Girl, who, as you know, drives a train. Remember that Good and Plenty commercial from when you were a kid, Choo Choo Charlie? That's her. Sid the Neighbor, the world famous Sid the Neighbor, his name is spoken in over 136 countries. Each and every evening, Texas Francesco and uh, moi, hanging in the Jester Radio chat room, why not stop by and throw your two shekels into the thick of the fray? Hanging behind the glass with the Lord of Sin. Good evening, Lord. Good evening, Jester. How you doing, bud? I'm feeling fine. You're looking good. Thank you. You working out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my balls are square. <laughs> my elbow. <laughs> Working your elbow Working out, yeah. Elbow. <laughs> I know. I know you are. Getting that joint to your lips. That's right. I don't know why they call it tennis elbow. I know. Everybody gets it, even those that don't play it's, tennis. It's joint elbow. It's joint elbow. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it a joint disease. And uh, such a playlist we got for you this evening. And the playlist, somehow, I don't know how I got roped into this, but is inextricably linked in with Jester Trivia this evening. So there you go. The playlist is the trivia. Is that right? Something like that. Something like that. The playlist is the trivia. And be the first one to get the correct answer into trivia at com, And uh, something uh, very magical and special will happen to you. Very magical. And we're going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours. And I'll let you in on what's uh, happening in that sick fucking world of mine, getting ready for a big trip up north to the uh, Yukon Territory to go see the lights. It's prime lights time, and me and the Jeff got a cabin uh, somewhere out in the middle of fucking uh, Hinterlochen. <laughs> there are no like city lights for thousands of miles. So we got like three pairs of binoculars and like, you know, five pairs of long underwear and we're heading out to the Yukon. You got to bring back some pictures for us. Pictures. That's a good idea. Post them on the site. Let's turn our attention to the headlines now. The federal judge in the Zacharias Musawi case is considering ending the death penalty prosecution of the Al-Qaeda conspirator after learning that a federal lawyer apparently coached witnesses on upcoming testimony. So apparently the lawyer told some of the witnesses what to say, and now he's thinking of scrapping the trial. U.S. District Judge Leon Brinkema said today it was very difficult for the case to go forward after prosecutors revealed that a lawyer for the Transportation Security Administration had violated her order barring witnesses from any exposure to trial testimony. Brinkema sent the jury home until... Wednesday, while she considers her options, if she bars the government from pursuing the death penalty, the trial would be over, and Musawi would automatically be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of release. Government likely would appeal that uh, ruling. Hearing is scheduled for tomorrow to determine the scope of the problem. The TSA lawyer Carla Martin and most of the seven witnesses past or present employees of the Federal Aviation administration who received emails from Martin are expected to testify. We'll keep you on top of that. President Bush said today insurgents in Iraq 
were trying to ignite a civil war by escalating violence and warned that there will be more chaos and carnage in the days and months to come. Duh. (laughs) You just fucking found out about that, Sherlock? Even on a particularly grim day when four Iraqi bodies were found hanging from utility towers and at least 58 people were killed by car bombs, the president said progress was being made. He highlighted improvements in the Iraqi security forces and repeated his promise that the U.S. troops will stand down as Iraqi forces are able to defend the country. So from his perspective, things are improving. And you got to understand, he's impervious to your fucking pain over human life. So by his perspective, things are improving. Things are getting better with the Iraqi security forces. He's getting good reports that the Iraqi soldiers are starting to get in shape. So when he reads on the other piece of paper about so many hundreds of innocent you know, uh, uh, victims uh, killed, he says, well, that's you know, fucked up, but that doesn't dissuade me from how well it's going. Because the numbers on the other piece of paper, the ones with the human lives, they don't, they don't phase him at all. He's completely detached from that. And maybe, you know, in a way, that's his job, President of the United States of America. Maybe that's his job, to detach himself. Otherwise, how could he order in, uh, you know, children to uh, war, knowing some won't make it back, even if it's a legitimate thing? So maybe that's a good thing. So maybe it's his job to be cold and impassionate, but it's certainly not your job. Your job (laughs) is to open your eyes and then tell your leaders what you want. And then if they don't respond to that... You give them the fucking gate, and you get somebody that does. Imagine the country is your company, and you're the board of directors. If you don't like the fucking president, he's out. Get somebody else to run the fucking company, I mean country. By their response over the past two weeks, Iraqis have shown the world they want a future of freedom and peace, Bush said, in the first of a series of speeches to mark the third anniversary of the start of the U.S.-led war. And they will oppose a violent minority that seeks to take the future away from them by tearing their country apart. Democrats charged that Bush was focusing on the same old rhetoric, defending policies that Americans oppose instead of a real strategy for victory in Iraq. Both sides of the political debate have their eye on midterm elections in eight months. Of course, all this political jibber-jabber that's going on now is all just you know, posturing by the two sides. Because they have these important midterm, uh, and this is a very strategic um, election because if the uh, Senate uh, or the Congress, if the Democrats take over control, which you know, the Republicans have control of now, then the president will, be, will just be a lame duck. He won't be able to get any of his laws passed for the next two years, and he'll live out the rest of his remainder of his two years in his presidency as an ineffectual lame duck. And the Republicans desperately don't want that. Because then, of course, they'll never get another Republican president elected. After two years of him doing nothing, the American people will say, fuck this shit, let's get the other team in the White House for a while. He done fucked it up for him. These guys had a run of it long enough. That's the way it always goes, back and forth. Which I suppose is good, too. Everybody gets their side. 
Everybody gets a chance to fuck it up. <laughs> the United States is pouring billions more dollars and fresh pl- uh, platoons of experts into its campaign to defeat IEDs. You know what these are, these uh, roadside bombs President Bush describes as threat number one to Iraq's future. The American military also on the fucking duh list. The, the, you know, this has been these improvised uh, um, something explosive devices that the Iraqi insurgents, you know, plant along the side of the road and blow Americans up with. They've been the number one problem for the past three years in Iraq. And just now, the president has come out and said, did you realize that these IEDs are the number one threat to the troops in Iraq? Another grand so now, moment. So now we have a crack team of blue ribbon specialists on the job, and they're going to figure out what to do about the IEDs. Since this has been going on since the first fucking day they arrived. The American military even plans to build special, more defensible highways here in its frustrating standoff with the makeshift munitions, improvised explosive devices that Iraqi insurgents field by the hundreds to hobble U.S. road movements in the three-year-old conflict. Out on these risky roads and uh, back at the Pentagon, few believe that even the most advanced technology will eliminate the threat. As we've improved our armor, the enemy's improved his IEDs. They're bigger and with better detonating mechanisms, said Major Randall Simmons, whose Georgia National Guard unit escorts convoys in western Iraq that are regularly rocked, damaged, and delayed by roadside blasts. Lieutenant Colonel Bill Adamson, operations chief for the anti-IDE campaign, was realistic about the challenge in a Pentagon review. They adapt more quickly than we procure technology, he said of the insurgents. Casualty charts show the growing problem. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown this Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Request lines now officially open. Head to www.jesterradio.com. Click on requests. The playlist is the trivia. Be the first one to get it into trivia at jesterradio.com and something very special happens. Virgil Kane is my name And I drove on the Danville train Till so much cavalry came And tore up the tracks again In the winter of 65 We were hungry, just barely alive I took the train to Richmond that fell It was a time I remember oh so well There goes the Robert E. Lee Now I don't mind I'm chopping wood 
And I don't care if the money's no good Just take what you need and leave the rest But they should never have taken the very best For night they drove the city down And all the bells were ringing the night The people were singing, they went na 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 Like my father before me, I'm a working man And like my brother before me I took a rebel stand Well, he was just 18, proud and brave But a Yankee laid him in his grave I swear by the blood below my feet You can't raise the cane back up When it's in the feet The night they drove Like my father before me, I'm a working man. And like my, <clears throat> excuse me, like my brother before me, I took a rebel stand. He was just 18, proud and brave, when a Yankee laid him in his grave. I swear by the blood below my feet, you can't raise a cane back up when he's in defeat. The inimitable Joni on Jester Radio, you're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown this Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. The playlist is the thing, <laughs> is the trivia. Be the first one to get the correct answer into trivia at jesterradio.com and something incredible happens. Using bulldozers and air tankers, firefighters struggled Monday, which is today, by the way, for those of you <laughs> trying to catch me, to stop windblown wildfires that scorched more than 1,000 square miles of the drought-stricken Texas panhandle. The blazes were blamed for at least seven deaths Four of them in a crash on a smoke-shrouded highway over the weekend. About 1,900 people in seven counties were evacuated. This has been a very deadly wildfire season, but Texas communities have shown strength. And we're going to continue the f to fight these fires from the ground and from the air, said Rachel Novier, spokeswoman for Governor Rick Perry. There was no immediate estimate of the number of homes damaged or destroyed. Firefighters used bulldozers to plow fire breaks in the parched earth, while air tankers drop water on the flames. Eleven fires burned over an estimated 530,000 acres today, down from 663,000 over the weekend. State fire crews fought more than 160 blazes in a 24-hour period. The scorched area easily eclipsed, eclipsed the 455,000 acres that burned in December and January, when the governor declared a disaster, the cause of the latest blazes was under investigation. Previous fires 
were apparently sparked by people who burned trash, tossed cigarettes, or illegally set off fireworks in the middle of one of the worst droughts in Texas in 50 years. Those fucking geniuses. So, you know, the people that say there's a reason for everything, you know, God, you know, there's a reason for this is because some fucking retard set off firecrackers. About three and a half million acres, 2% of the state's landmass have burned since December 26th. 2% of the whole state is, is burned down. Wow. A blaze near Borgia covered 432,000 acres. A fire near Groom concerned, uh, consumed 211,000 acres. And a fire south of Childress burned 20,000. That was like a small fry. Sounds like something I would do. Drive down the road, flick my cigarette. Lots of fling a butt <laughs> in the worst fucking <laughs> drought in the history of Texas. <laughs> just passing through. And just to clarify something, I was not present at this fire, all right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to check your receipts now. I don't know where you were at the time. A cow in Alabama has tested positive for mad cow disease. Agricultural Department said today, confirming the third U.S. case of the brain-wasting ailment. The cow did not enter the food supply for people or animals, officials said. The animal, who is unable to walk, was killed by a local veterinarian and buried in the farm. We remain very confident in the safety of U.S. beef, said the department's chief veterinarian, John Clifford. Authorities said the farm was under an informal quarantine but would not say where it was. We'll not release this information at this time until we complete our investigation. And that could take a few days, said Alabama Agricultural Commissioner Ron Sparks. Federal and state investigators are working to determine where the cow was born and raised and locate its herd mates and offspring, Sparks said. There are no suspect animals on the farm. The news came as the Bush administration worked to reassure Japan and other foreign customers of American beef. Japan halted U.S. beef shipments in January after finding veal cuts with backbone cuts that are eaten in the U.S. but not in Asia. Japan was the top customer of American beef until the first U.S. case of mad cow disease prompted a ban, uh, which it only recently has lifted. So bad news for the fucking cows in America. They're out of work. They get, they're getting those big, spongy fucking brains. Cows those with guns. guns. <laughs> Homeowners across the Midwest were aghast at nature's fury after a barrage of tornadoes left 10 people dead today and destroyed or damaged hundreds of homes in five states. It's just amazing how devastating it is, said Mayor Tim Davlin of the Illinois capital of Springfield, where nevertheless, uh, which uh, escaped no deaths or serious injuries. It looks like the pictures we saw a couple of months ago after Katrina, thousands of homes and businesses lost electricity over the weekend. University of Kansas and numerous public schools closed today because of the storm damage and power outages. And many Illinois state workers in the capital were told to stay home. Missouri Governor Matt Blunt declared a state emergency and authorized the National Guard to help with the cleanup. Nine of the dead were in Missouri. Among them were Billy and Panine Briscoe, ages 60 and 57, whose friends begged them to leave their rural home in Rennick as the winds howled and the tornado sirens blared. Usually when there was a storm, 
They would go to the nearby town of Moberly, but this is the first time he stayed, said Bobby Twyman, a family friend. Bobby Richardson said he watched as a neighbor, Deanne Francis Solomon, 39, was killed near Sedalia. The tra- trailer came down right on top of her, Richardson said. Ow. That's got to hurt. Sounds like the earth is getting ready to cleanse itself from our pathetic existence. The National Weather Service says that... <laughs> what? Let me tell you something. You know, I love it when people hear about these fucking tragedies like the fires and the floods. And they go, whoop, it's the end of tarnation. <laughs> it's because, man, these religious people, this is what they look forward to, man. Their lives suck so bad now that anything... They know they've been, you know, they've been busting their fucking humps their whole life, sticking to the fucking letter, because they're not living this life for now. They're living this life for the next, for when they go to paradise. So they just can't fucking wait for that shit to hit. High doses of powerful cholesterol-lowering drugs, lowering drugs, seem to actually. Reverse heart disease, not just keep it from getting worse. People in the study got the bad cholesterol to their lowest levels ever achieved and saw blockages in their blood vessels shrink as a, reserve, as a result. It's too soon to tell whether the shrinkage of artery deposits will mean fewer heart attacks, but doctors were excited by the possibility. The holy grail has always been to try to reverse the disease, and uh, this shows that there is a way, said Stephen Nissen, the Cleveland Clinic cardiologist, who led the nationwide experiment and reported results at a meeting of heart doctors today. This is a paper to take seriously. It's another chapter in the story, a proof of principle, said Elizabeth Nabel, director of the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. Two-thirds of the 349 study participants had regression of heart artery buildups when they took the maximum dose of Crestor, the strongest of the cholesterol-lowering statin drugs on the market, and one under five, uh, uh, or rather one under fire by the consumer gr- uh, group uh, Public Citizen, which contends it has more side effects than its competitors. Apparently one of the side effects being it cures fucking heart disease. I guess they overlooked that little side effect. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio this Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord 2006. Request lines open. The playlist is when the, the trivia.
tears are running up and down your breast. And your friend's baby treats you like a guest. Now that's just fucked up. Jefferson Airplane on Jest Radio, featuring the incredible vocals of Grace Slick. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown this uh, Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. The playlist is the Sump Schmeckle. Maureen, what? Are we having them uh, guess the theme, or they actually need to know all the songs? Exactly. (laughs) Thanks for clarifying. You're quite welcome. (laughs) Maureen Stapleton, an Oscar-winning character actress whose subtle uh, vulnerability and down-to-earth toughness earned her dramatic and comedic roles on stage, screen, and television, died today. She was 80 years old. A longtime smoker died from chronic pulmonary disease in the, Berkshire, in the Berkshire Hills of Lenox, where she had been living, according to her son, Daniel Allen Tuck. Stapleton, whose unremarkable matronly appearance belied her star personality and talent, won an Academy Award in 1981 for her supporting role as anarchist writer Emma Goldman in Warren Beatty's Reds, about a left-wing American journalist who journeys to Russia to cover the the Bolshevik Revolution. To prepare for the role, Stapleton said she tried reading Goldman's autobiography, but soon chucked it out of boredom. There are many roads to good acting, acting Stapleton, known for her straightforwardness, said in 1995 autobiography, Hell of a Life. I've been asked repeatedly what the key to acting is, and as far as I'm concerned, the main thing is to keep the audience awake. (laughs) Stapleton was nominated several times for supporting actress, including her very first film role in 1958's Lonely Hearts, Airports in 1970, and Woody Allen's Interiors in 1978. She was incredible. Her other films' uh, credits include the 1963 musical Bye Bye Birdie opposite Anne Margaret, and Dick Van Dyke, Johnny Dangerously, Cocoon, The Money Pit, and Addicted to Love. In television, she earned an Emmy for Among the Paths to Eden in 67, and she was nominated for Queen of the Stardust Ballroom in 75, which was awesome. And uh, we'll miss her. Maureen Stapleton, dead at 80. A Dutch toxicologist said today that Slobodan Milosevic was taking antibiotics that diluted the prescriptions for heart ailments and high blood pressure while he was pleading with the U.N. tribunal to get permission to get treatment in Russia. Donald Ujis said he found traces of rifampicin, an anti-tuberculosis drug, in Milosevic's system earlier this year after the former Yugoslav leader did not respond to blood pressure medicine given at the U.N. detention center. Uh, Rifampicin makes the liver extremely active, possibly hindering the effectiveness of other medications if you're taking something, it breaks down very quickly, said Ujis, who was asked by the tribunal to conduct an independent review. Milosevic, 64, was found dead in his jail cell on Saturday morning of an apparent heart attack. Hours earlier, he wrote an accusatory letter alleging that the heavy drug uh, had been found in his bloodstream during a medical exam. So he was freaking out. He was thinking that he was being poisoned to death. His ailments caused numerous delays in the four-year trial for orchestrating a decade of conflict that killed a quarter of a million people and tore the Yugoslav Federation asunder. So now no verdict will be issued. And he gets off. (laughs) And let me tell you, man, people are pissed. 
You know, it's very frustrating when the guy, you know, you're trying to punish just fucking drops dead in the middle of the punishment. For five uh, over five hours on Friday, McAfee's antivirus software erroneously flagged hundreds of legitimate executables as a malicious virus, leading some customers to quarantine or delete the offending files and render applications such as Microsoft Excel inoperative. For over five hours on Friday, Microsoft's uh, uh, McAfee's antivirus software erroneously flagged hundreds of legitimate executables as a malicious virus leading some customers to quarantine or delete the offending files and render applications inoperable. An error in McAfee's daily virus definition file identified files uh, as the W95 slash CDX, a virus discovered in 2004. All editions of McAfee's on-demand scanning products, including both the enterprise and consumer versions of the scan, were affected among the legitimate files painted as malware were Microsoft's Excel spreadsheet, Adobe Flash, Google Toolbar installer, several Adaptec drivers, parts of the Sun Microsystems Java runtime environment, the list that McAfee posted of the affected file numbers more like 330. Even so, the SANS Institute uh, Internet Storm Center called it incomplete. doesn't include any of the Oracle binaries that have been reported to be affected by some of the readers. One of the Storm Center's analysts wrote on the site on Sunday, depending on how users have uh, configured their virus scan, the harmless files were either quarantined to a special folder or deleted. In either case, the applications were broken as files were moved by some of our readers. Uh, it doesn't include... Um, so what the problem is is that people got this notice that says you have a virus, and depending on what their default settings are or what they clicked on, they'll either delete the virus or quarantine the virus, which means move it to this f- invisible folder. So somebody actually managed to strike home with that, with that huh? Got up into McAfee. And change some that's a good point. I don't know. Nobody's saying that it was a hacker that did it, but that's an amazing point. I wonder if it was. Yeah. That would be quite a hack. So there was uh, there was a, a, a bit of running amok, and this is why I don't. One of the another of the reasons I don't like McAfee. Too vulnerable. And I think it's a piece of shit. <laughs> Get AVG. So now all the people who selected to delete those files that were flagged as viruses, now they're just fucked. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown this Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. The request lines are open. Texas Frank said the neighbor, Ms. American Girl, yours truly in the Jester Radio chat room behind the glass with Lord of Sin. Don't fuck with that dial. The playlist is the trivia. Be the first one to get the correct answer to trivia at JustRadio.com and something incredible happens. I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. My mama used to dance for the money they'd throw. Mama would do whatever he could. Reach a little gospel. Sell a couple bottles of Dr. Money down 
couple boys just saw the mobile Gave him a ride, filled him with a hot meal I was 16, he was 21 Rode with us to Memphis And Papa would have shot him if he knew what he'd done the money down I never had schooling but it taught me well with its smooth southern style Three months later I'm a gal in trouble and I haven't seen him for a while I haven't seen him for a while She was born in the wagon of a traveling show Her mama had to dance they throw Grandpa do whatever he could Reach a little gospel Sell a couple bottles of Dr. Good Self away. I've looked at love from both sides now. 
and fears and feeling proud to say I love you right out loud and dreams and schemes and circus crowds I looked at life that way but now old friends are acting strange they shake their heads they say I've changed well something's lost and something's gained in living every day I've looked at life from both sides now, from win and lose, and still, somehow, it's life's illusions, I recall. I really don't know life at all. The unbelievable uh, Judy Collins on Jester Radio, Both Sides Now, shared before that, born in the wagon of a traveling show, her mama had to dance for the money they'd throw. And Papa would do whatever he could, preach a little gospel, and sell a couple of bottles of Dr. Good. Mm-mm. You know it was in that Dr. Good, right? No idea. Fire water. Fire water. Bathtub gin. It's nasty. <laughs> it's nasty, but it gets the job done. George Clooney, by the way, you tune into the ravings of a clown, this uh, something, the something of something. What is it? Monday, March, the... yeah, Monday, March the thirteenth, the year of our Lord, two thousand six. You tuned into the ravings of a cloud. It's something like Lard, oh Lard, oh Lard. <laughs> you tuned into the ravings of a clown. Uh, this uh, whatever the date was that Lord said. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room. Request lines are open. The re- the the playlist is the trivia. Be the first one to get the correct answer. To uh, trivia at com, and something very cool happens to you. George Clooney has a message for Democratic office holders who voted for the war in Iraq, only to claim later that they've been misled by the president. Here's what he's got to say Fuck you. <laughs> the movie star's uh, argument directed at the likes of presidential wannabes like Hillary Clinton. Joe Biden, John Kerry, and John Edwards is actually more nuanced than that, but not by much. The fear of being criticized can be paralyzing, Clooney writes today on HuffingtonPost.com, pumping up the volume after banging the drum of Hollywood liberalism in his Oscar acceptance speech. Just look at the way so many Democrats caved in uh, the run-up to the war in 2003. A lot of us were saying... Where's the link between Sodom and bin Laden? What does Iraq have to do with 9-11? We knew it was bullshit, which is what drives me crazy to hear all these Democrats saying we were misled. Makes me want to shout, fuck you, you weren't misled. You were afraid of being called unpatriotic. Clooney exhorts the lily-livered Democrats to stop being cowards, put some steel in their spine. 
It's not merely our right to question our government. It's our fucking duty. Whatever the consequences, we can't demand freedom of speech and then turn around and say, but please don't say bad things about us. You got to be a grown-up and take your hits. The act of vents frustration that liberal has become a dirty word. Too many people run away from the label. They whisper it like you'd whisper, I'm a Nazi, the way you, Lord, whisper, I'm a Nazi. Right. But as for Clooney, I am a liberal. Fire away, he taunts. We see how much incoming Clooney takes as a result of these fine sentiments. Such a thing as a liberal Nazi. Of course. You like only, a conservative Nazi. You only, you only have to throw every other Jew into the ovens. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Half the, the equation, right? The weekend disappearance of a Nepalese boy whom supporters hail as a reincarnation of the Buddha has sparked a nationwide search in Nepal. We talked about the other day, last night, was it? The other day, about in Nigeria, how they run amok during the eclipse. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, you know, we were, we were wondering. The eclipse lasts for like 17 minutes, but the riots in the streets, as a result of the eclipse, they go on for weeks after. <laughs> it's a seriously fucked up eclipse, man. Yeah, they just like freak out. So in Nepal, they have this kid, this 16-year-old kid, who sits stock still for like 20 hours a day. Doesn't move an inch, doesn't eat, doesn't piss, doesn't drink. And people pay money to see this fucking kid. <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, he's gone missing. Supporters have showered 16-year-old Ram Badawar Bamjan with money and gifts for allegedly sitting in motionless meditation in the roots of a pipal tree without taking food or water or using the toilet since May 16th of last year. He's been sitting in the tree without taking a shit. The youth dubbed Buddha Boy by the media left the site in southern Nepal because the thousands of, defo of devotees who flocked there had disturbed his meditation, <laughs> the media reported Sunday. He left as there was, not, there was a lot of noise in the meditation area, his friend Prem Lama told the Kathmandu Post. He had to take a piss. That's why he left. A search using plainclothes police and civilians failed to find the boy, but he had been glimpsed in the jungle surrounding the meditation site at Bara District, 150 miles south of Kathmandu, according to the Himalayan Times. Imagine there's a fucking newspaper called Himalayan the Himalayan Times. Times. Your subscribers? Inspector 20. Kamal Archarya told you, how many people in the Himalayans can read? <laughs> Inspector Kamal Acharya told uh, Jester Radio he was 90% sure the boy disappeared voluntarily. It does not seem likely that it was an abduction, Acharya said, police inspector from Bara. Police believe the youth had left the site with close friend Sahila Tamang, and who was also missing. The boy disappeared at around 3 in the morning Saturday while the people who guard the site were sleeping. Isn't that a coincidence? Thousands of visitors who have flocked to see the boy. You'd think they'd keep an eye on the Buddha boy, you know. One, one might stay awake. After all, he is the reincarnation of God. You might want to keep somebody up well, on God watch. <laughs> there's good news, though. What's that? Well, he's only going to be four hours away because then he's going back to meditation, right? Hmm. So he can only be in a very small radius. Right. <laughs> the thousands of visitors who have flocked to see the boy were kept at least uh, 50 feet away. The boy's followers did not permit visitors to see him during the night, raising skepticism about claims that he'd been surviving without food and water. Duh. 
Hello. <laughs> Ram's meditation spawned a mini industry with the site jammed with food and souvenir vendors. Rupees were stuffed in a collection box, various collection boxes around the site, and a member of a committee looking after the site said foreign Buddhist groups had donated $40,000 for its upkeep. So $40,000 in Nepal is like 10 years' salary to a, to a normal guy. The boy, to a, to, for a kid in the tree, the boy had told supporters through a friend that he was not a reincarnation of Buddha, but that he was an austere sage. Gautama Siddhartha, who later became known as the Buddha, or the Enlightened One, is believed to have been born in the same region near the border with India in around 500 B.C. Just a little trivia there on the Buddha. You're tuned into the ravings of a clune on Jester Radio this Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Hanging with Sid the Neighbor and Ms. American Girl and Texas Frank and S. Poe in the Jester Radio chat room. And the trivia this evening, it's a, it's a um, the trivia is the schmeckle, is the, is the feature. And to explain it to you this evening, Lord of Sin. <laughs> well, you listen to all the songs, you know, figure out what it is, the theme of the show. So you listen to all the songs, you figure out what the main theme is. And then you go to www.jesterradio.com, and you go to the trivia section, and you fill out an answer. No, there's no trivia section on the website, there's you not. bonehead. <laughs> See where I'm at? I've wasted all the time. What's the matter with you? Thousands <laughs> of people are crowding into the into the fucking trivia section of the website. There's no trivia it's section. A journey. It's a journey. You you send an email. There you go. An email to <laughs> trivia at jesterradio.com. That works too. And you'd be the first to send the correct answer. <laughs> that works. What a fucking bonehead. <laughs> Coming up next hour, we're going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of mine Joni starts this one out please don't fuck with that dial you're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio coming to you from a secret location outside your universe sitting in a park in Paris France reading the news and it sure looks bad they won't give peace a chance that was just a dream some of us had still a lot of lands to see but I wouldn't want to stay here it's too old and cold and settled in its ways here All the California California Coming home I'm gonna see the folks I dig I'll even kiss a sunset pig California I'm coming home I met a redneck on a Grecian who did the goat dance very well He gave me back my smile But he kept my camera to sell Oh, the rogue, the red, red rogue He cooked good omelets and stews And I might have stayed on with him there But my heart cried out for you California Oh, California Coming home Oh, make me feel good Rock and roll band I'm your biggest fan California, we're coming home Oh, it gets so long 
streets are full of strangers All the news are read Just give you the blues Just give you the blues So I bought me a ticket I caught a plane to Spain To a party down a red dirt road There were lots of pretty people there Reading Rolling Stone Reading Vogue I said, how long can you hang around? I said, a week, maybe two Just until my skin turns brown And I'm going home To California California I'm coming home Oh, will you take me as I am? Strung out on another man California, I'm coming home Oh, it gets so lonely When you're walking And the streets are full of strangers All the news I heard You read more about the war And the bloody changes Oh,
make her way because she's one of God's own creation, a wonder. Natalie Merchant. People say not Natalie Merchant, but she's she's a frog, so it's more correctly pronounced Merchant. Natalie Merchant on Just Radio. Joni before that in California. You tuned into the ravings of a cloon. On Jest Radio this Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. The playlist is the trivia, and likewise, the trivia is the playlist. And you can play around with that, go back and forth any way you like. It works. <laughs> Be the first one to get the correct response over to trivia at jesterradio.com and something mystical, magical, almost uh, supernatural will occur to you. Police charged an Australian driver with reversing further than necessary after he traveled backwards for more than 25 miles along one of the country's busiest highways. Police said the man was stopped on the Hume Highway, which runs between the cities of Sydney and Melbourne. Police said the man told them reverse was the only gear in his car that worked and that he was traveling home to the small regional town of Demurka. Another 56 miles away. He was also charged with unlicensed driving and driving an unregistered car. So not only was he going backwards for 25 miles, but he had another 56 to go, and he didn't have a driver's license, and the car was unregistered. He figured he'd just get it home, that 80 miles, and he'd be all set. He'd get it registered. He'd get a license. Doesn't sound like it was he'd the get first the trans- time it happened. He'd get the transmission fixed. I was actually in the car with Don Rooney, and Don Rooney went backwards for, oh, about, I would say, 15 miles. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I laughed so fucking hard, man. I must have laughed for like a half hour. I almost threw up. <laughs> he went to go back out of a street, and he just kept going, man. He was such a sick fuck. <laughs> so heading up with the Jeff to the Northern Lights, the Yukon Territory, where the home of, of course, Yukon Jack. So it's up near the North Pole somewhere, and we're going to head up there. We're going to get, we got our boots and our long johns, and uh, she's got like three suitcases. We're going for five days, but she's got like three suitcases filled with specialty underwear garments. (laughs) Not just regular long underwear, but then things you wear on top of long underwear, and it's a whole ordeal. And she bought special muckalucks and three different pairs of uh, binoculars. Muckalucks? Like med- yeah, muckalucks. Those are like fur boots that the Eskimos wear. Oh, yeah. She got them things. Muckalucks. I'm taking like my black leather jacket and my jeans. <laughs> it's like 30 degrees up there. <laughs> it's not that cold. Not that cold. It's March. And we're going to go see the lights because it's in the middle of nowhere. So we don't have to worry about, you know, having a lot of these places where you go up to see the northern lights. You have to then get in a car and go, you know, two hours to outside the city because the lights are too strong. You can't see the lights in the sky. You see the lights from the city. So this is out in the middle of buttfuck Yukon. And, uh, and we got a little cabin going out there. So that's where we're going to need to look for you if you don't come back. And we, so you're going to need to send out the Royal Canadian Mounted Police if you don't hear from me in exactly five days and five <laughs> hours from now. I'll get right on it. Send out those dogs with the whiskey first as a first line. Right. 
And it should be cool because this is the uh, active time of year. And, of course, we're referring to the aurora borealis, this phenomenon that occurs at the poles, where basically it's the universe is imploding in on itself. Great. No, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's it at all. I think it's some kind of atmospheric anomaly, probably caused by pollution or something, and the whole skies light up with electrical glowing light energy. It's the Earth celebrating all the damage it's achieved. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or it's just a bunch of molecules zapping with electricity. Yeah, that too. It's one or the other. <laughs> Both. <laughs> so we're going to be doing that. And then, uh, so I'll report back from the Yukon if I make it back. Come back with one leg. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like a diamond as one of my teeth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio this Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. The playlist is the trivia. Please don't fuck with that dial. It gets good starting. Whoa. Take those drums right now.
Ronnie and the Ronettes on Chester Radio. An exceptionally lovely Latin woman, of course, who is uh, married to uh, Ronnie to Phil Spector. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown this Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Uh, before the Ronettes, we heard from Marianne Faithful, the ballad of Lucy Jordan, about a uh, uh, desperate woman slowly going insane. And Pat Benatar, Love is a Battlefield. The playlist is the, is the trivia question. Be the first one to get the correct answer into trivia at jesterradio.com. And um, something very special will happen to you. Very special. Not really saying what. A um, a woman thought she was in heaven when uh, beer instead of water flowed from the taps in her apartment in West Norway. I turned on the tap to clean some knives and forks, and beer came out. Haldis Gunderson told Jester Radio from her home in Christiansund, West Norway. We thought we were in heaven. Beer in Norway is among the most expensive in the world, with a 0.4 liter uh, costing about 50 crowns, or about seven and a half bucks in a bar. Gundinson say that she tried the beer, but it tasted a bit odd and was not fizzy. Turned out that a worker in a bar two b- floors below uh, had mixed up the pipes on Saturday evening, wrongly connecting a new barrel to a water pipe leading to Gunderson's flat. The bar got water in its beer taps. <laughs> If it happens again, I'm going to order Bailey's, she said. (laughs) Osama bin Laden's niece, an aspiring singer who posed for a sexy photo shoot in a men's magazine last year, has signed up for a reality television show about her life and has yet unfulfilled quest for stardom. Wafa Dudor bin Laden, whose mother was married to the al-Qaeda leader's half-brother, was born in California but lived in Saudi Arabia from the age of 3 to 10. I understand that when people hear my last name, they have preconceived notions. But I was born in America and I love my country, Dufour said in a statement from Reagan Media announcing the deal to develop a reality TV show. Dufour has dropped the Bin Laden, different spelling of the Arabic name, from that used by Osama Bin Laden. Hers has an I, his has the E, of course. I don't think most people would know. Yeah, I'm sure most people would say, oh, you're Bin Laden. Not Bin Laden. (laughs) Now goes by the name Wafa Dufour. Based in New York, Dufour has been promoting herself as a musician and last December appeared in a sultry GQ photo spread reclining on satin sheets wrapped in feathers and posing in a bubble bath wearing nothing but a necklace. Her story will bridge the gap that people feel exists between the cultures that she's lived in, Reagan Media President Judith Reagan said. She's also a young woman who falls in love, has her heart broken, worries about her looks, doesn't always listen to her mother, and hasn't spoken to her father in years, Reagan said. And, of course, from time to time, she plants a pipe bomb (laughs) under a Jew's home. Dufour's mother, Carmen Bin Laden, wrote the 2004 bestseller Inside the Kingdom, My Life in Saudi Arabia, an account of her rocky marriage to Yezlama, Osama's half-brother, who amassed a fortune in the family's construction business and started his own investment firm. Dufour, who earned a master's degree in law from Colombia, was in Geneva when her mother at the time of the September 11, 2001 attack, she said in the past she's never met Osama bin Laden. She cites U2, Depeche Mode, The Cure, and The Cranberries 
Among her musical influences, Reagan has published a string of celebrity authors, including Michael Moore and porn star Janet Jameson, and she was an executive producer on the reality show Growing Up Gotti, which was about the members of the um, family best known for its mafia empire. Have you seen the show Growing Up Gotti? Oh, yeah. Where they show the mafia family. All the boys. They're bling. Living the life. I tell you, man, it's very disturbing that uh, Americans sort of, um, you know, idealize this uh, mafiosa lifestyle. You see so many TV shows and movies about it. I mean, I like the movies and TV shows as much as the next person, but it's kind of disturbing when you think about, you know, why do we... uh, why do we sympathize so much with these fucking murderers? Of course, Espo seems to feel that they're not heroes, they're anti-heroes, and we, hate, we, we come to hate them as much as we come to love them, and maybe we should have to look at, you know, uh, both sides of, you know, and realize that people are three-dimensional. They're not, just, they're not just murderers, but they're murderers with all kinds of pressures on their head and all kinds of problems and you know just like everybody else so that's how we justify it or um, i don't know maybe that's how they justify it it's, I, i'm sure there's some this must be some very complicated uh, scheme that goes into what a, a criminal how he justifies his life i mean the, especially the mafia who are so supposedly so religious and you know so, believe in jesus and believe in you know going to heaven and hell, so somehow they must have some very complicated math worked out. <laughs> that they're going to, you know, that, that, that somehow reconciles one with the other. The playlist is the trivia question. Please don't fuck with that dial. It's Cindy Lauper on Jester Radio. Time after time 
Lord, please don't ever take the hurt off me. Cause it would hurt even worse if you'd ever, ever leave. Even though sometimes it's hard for me to bear. Make myself whole out Cause if it kills me I don't care Cause baby, baby I don't want you to ever quit It ain't no good Till it hurts a little bit Cause it hurts so good Don't you know that it hurts so Playlist is the trivia. The playlist is the trivia. <laughs> it's a curveball for everybody. Um, it's not that hard. Hey, you're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Just Radio this Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. The playlist is the trivia. Be the first one to get the correct answer to, tri- to trivia at request.com. Um, trivia at request.com. At justradio.com. What? What? Trivia at request.com. You heard what I said. Is that what it is? Trivia at jesterradio.com. Oh, okay. You trying to fuck me up? <laughs> it's worth a try. And something uh, incredible happens. Um, so uh, what exactly is the trivia this evening? <laughs> Well, we just said that five minutes ago. Maybe if you go to the JesterRadio.com playlist is what you meant to say. Oh, no. I just drew it Maybe you, this, that's what you meant to say, and you would look back over and you would see Millie Jackson and Cindy Lauper and the Ronettes and Marianne Faithful and Pat Benatar and Natalie Merchant and Joni Mitchell, and you would look at all those songs by the various artists and you would say to yourself, ha-ha, having come to some kind of epiphany there. And you'd uh, run over to your email program, send an email over to trivia at jesterradio.com <laughs> and be the first one to get the correct answer. It's a little curveball tonight. Everybody's used to you being all complex. We didn't think so. Oh, so in other words, you're saying this is a superficial yeah. theme? Very shallow. It's shallow. It came from me. Come on, think about it. <laughs> Letter of apology... Sent to a robbery victim spelled arrest for a Japanese man after police investigating the case identified him from the writing. The guy sent an apology to the victim, and then the cops caught him. NHK television said the man had pushed his way into the house of a 78-year-old woman in the town of Masada, western Japan, and stole 15,000 yen, about 125 real dollars, after threatening her with a knife. They don't screw around over there either. You imagine seventy used to hold up a fucking knife on a seventy-eight-year-old woman. What kind of animal? I mean, you put everything else aside. Forget about the circumstance. Forget about everything. Imagine pulling a knife on a seventy-eight-year-old woman. What kind of fucking piece of shit you got to be? He later wrote the victim a letter saying he was sorry and returned the cash. 
The handwriting and other things led police to the man, 51-year-old construction worker, who lives near the victim, the man who's confessed, is heavily in debt, he said. He saw himself an old, frail lady, and he thought to himself, ka-ching, there's where the fucking money is. I'll just knock down 80-year-old broads. I'll make a fortune that way. NHK did not say how the handwriting was linked to the man. A local police official declined to give details, saying an investigation was still underway. They got the guy, they got the shit, they got the old lady, and they're still investigating. Condoleezza Rice knew Coca would top the agenda in her meeting with Bolivia's new president, but she likely wasn't expecting to get the real thing. At the end of their 25-minute meeting, President Evo Morales presented the U.S. Secretary of State with an Andrian guitar that bore a coca leaf inlay. Later on this evening, Ms. Rice was seen snorting her guitar. <laughs> the gift was well received. We just have to check with our customs to see what rules apply. We certainly hope we can bring it back to Washington, said Senior State Department official who attended the meeting. Morales, Bolivia's first, uh, Bolivia's first indigenous president, came to prominence as a leader of coca farmers who want more freedom to grow coca, which is the main ingredient in cocaine, but it's also used legally for traditional medicines and in tea. Hmm. The fight against cocaine is the main source of bilateral friction between the United States and Bolivia, the world's th third largest cocaine producer. Rice told Morales, I'm a musician, you know, and she strummed the instrument, typical Bolivian lacquered handcraft with five pairs of strings. It was unclear whether she immediately realized what adorned it. So in all likelihood, she's going to get it back to the state house, and they'll throw it in the fucking incinerator, you know? They can't have uh, cocaine leaves hanging on the fucking walls in the White House. <laughs> what are they thinking? That anyway? just wouldn't do. Here, here's my present to you. A guitar, a genuine guitar from my homeland of Valparaiso, Chile. And please note that embedded in the guitar is cocaine. <laughs> Thank you for visiting my country. Have some cocaine. Everything we make has a little cocaine in it. Over there is my table. It's made from solid mahogany and cocaine. <laughs> cocaine inlays. <laughs> So everything's got a little cocaine. You know, like if you go to Wisconsin, everything's got a little cheese on it. No matter what you get, to get the steak, it's got like a little cheese sprinkled on top. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, hey, it's Wisconsin. We got. Have you seen in the back what kind of cheese we got going back there? We got to put it on everything. <laughs> che, che, che. Retha on Jest Radio. The A is silent. See where it is.
on Jest Radio. Try some, buy some. Super sweet. That was written by George Harrison of the Beatles. And um, it was actually featuring the Beatles on background vocals. Goes out to S. Poe on Jest Radio. Aretha before that, Chain of Fools. This evening's uh, magic prize goes to Sid the Neighbor once again, who correctly guessed that all of this evening's vocalists are female and we've featured some uh, amazing uh, chick voices including Joan Baez and uh, Grace Slick from Jefferson Airplane Cher, Judy Collins Joni Mitchell, Natalie Merchant Pat Benatar, Marianne Faithful uh, Ronnie Spector Cindy Lauper, Millie Jackson and uh, we got a couple more up our sleeves don't fuck with that dial and uh, extra congratulations and thanks go out to Sid the Neighbor for sending that one in. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown this Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Chick Night on Jest Radio in Alaska High School violated a student's free speech rights by suspending him after he unfurled a banner reading Bong Hits for Jesus, which is really one of the very few religious uh, statements I could actually get behind. He hung up the banner across the street from the school. Federal court ruled today Joseph Frederick, a student at Juneau Douglas High School in Alaska, displayed the banner, which referred to smoking marijuana. 
by the way, for the folks who didn't know, back in January of 2002 to try to get on TV because the Olympic torch relay was passing by. <laughs> the torch. <laughs> he needed a torch. So he wanted to get the attention of the cameras, and he figured bong hits for Jesus had to make it on TV. Principal Deborah Moore seized the banner and suspended the 18-year-old boy for 10 days, saying he had undermined the school's education mission and their anti-drug stance. Just wasn't being patriotic. Friday's ruling by the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco overturned a decision by a federal court in Alaska that backed Frederick's suspension and said his rights were not violated. The appeals court said the banner was protected speech because it did not disrupt school activity and was displayed off school grounds during a non-curricular activity. Public schools are instrumentalities of government, and government is not entitled to suppress speech that undermines whatever mission it defines for itself, Judge Andrew Kleinfeld wrote in the court's opinion. The court also cleared the way for Frederick to seek damages, saying Morris was aware of relevant case law and should have known that her actions violated this kid's rights. So now he can go after the school system and sue them for violating his freedom of speech rights. Freedom of speech gives you the right to say bong hits for Jesus during a fucking torch lighting, uh, you know, just because, you know, it's it's a, a radical, you know, this has been going on for quite some time where freedom of speech has been suppressed. And this is really one of the fucking major tenets of the United States. It's what the United States was really based on was freedom of speech. The folks who, who came and created a new country in the United States were trying to escape tyranny and trying to escape being forced to endorse a point of view or a religion or and sort of everybody could speak their own mind. It was one of the major founding goals of the founding fathers of the United States. And it's being uh, very, very heavily trampled upon lately under the guise of patriotism. And in this case, a fucking school system actually said, well, you're undermining our mission. So that's the fucking point of freedom of speech is to undermine the other guy's point is to put your point forth, whatever that may be. And just because we find it, one may find it abhorrent. They still have the right because they're in a fucking America. Over in Russia is where they fucking suppress opposing points of view. Well, they don't even do it in Russia anymore, but you know what I'm talking about. Motorcyclist has been given a couple of days to think about the record he set, at least in the minds of the state troopers. Brian Samuel Willis, 20, was clocked zooming down Interstate 12 on Sunday in Livingston, Louisiana, at 155 miles per hour, more than two times the speed limit. That may be the fastest of all time in the state, said Trooper Ryan Riley of Troop A. I can't confirm it, but I don't think anyone's ever gotten anybody at 155. The fastest I know is 144. Riley said he was traveling westbound at 6 p.m. when he got the motorcycle in his radar. Maneuvering off the vehicle to the other side of the interstate, Riley tried to follow Willis, but the black Yamaha R6 ducked off the roadway into State Highway 441 and traveled south onto State Highway 42. At that point... Livingston Parish Sheriff's deputies and Springfield police chased Willis back toward Riley, who made the arrest. He pulled over once he saw us without incident. 
He just said he didn't think he was going that fast. <laughs> and he didn't know we were behind him. He thought he was only doing like 120. Well, how much time do you have to check on the mirrors if you're going 155 anyway? Yeah, now, the folks over in Germany, they must be scoffing at the Americans with this 120 and 130. They regularly go up to 120 and 130 on the German highway, don't they? It's like 325 kilometers What's that hour. in What's that in regular math? I don't know, about 180. Wow, really? 60, 180, I think. Ballpark. No, that can't be. Oh, yeah. Are you an expert in the transferation between metric and... The other one that we... <laughs> I used to be. What are we on? We're on some fucked up system. No, what's it called, though? The metric system is everybody else. I know, but what are we called? I don't know. The fucked up system. That's what, that, can't be the exa- that can't be the proper name. Well, I think it's, it's working for everybody else. And did you learn this transferation as a necessity from being transplanted from the hunterland? <laughs> transplanted? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to come over and figure out... And you had to pound, figure out the whole... Pounds versus kilograms and... Height, you know, length versus and and marks versus dollars. No, that really wasn't an issue because everything's based off on ten still. Yeah, you know, it's not like they can't count over there. It's just hey, a dollar's a dollar over there. And you learned your math, like for example, there was a restriction. I understand you can only have twelve Jews per oven per hour. Yeah, that's exactly what we went. And you know, of. and you know, Jews to the cube root, <laughs> right? Is the number of Jews per hour times ovens, where O is the number of ovens. <laughs> Isn't that That's correct? Isn't that the formula? No, I don't think so. What is the formula? Uh, I don't know. I know it's mandatory for uh, all the kids in seventh grade to go see Schindler's List in Germany. So they're trying to instate that whole feeling of uh, guilt, I suppose. <laughs> like, hey, you know, it was us. And that- you, but you, uh, you as a child grew up in the Hunterland. Yeah. And which part of Germany are you from? Uh, West, you know, West Germany, like uh, around Rumstein. Rumstein. Yeah. Isn't that where Duhast comes from? Rumstein? No, I think they're somewhere else in there. And um, and what's over there? What kind of Air Force Base? Rumstein. It's uh, Europe's. Oh, oh right. Rumstein is the famous Air Force Base. Yep. There's a city attached to that. And that's I where see. I lived. That's I where I hailed see. from. And and what were you taught as a child? What years did you live there as a child? Um, from three till thirteen, about ten. And years. what and what did they teach you about the Holocaust? Um, it's more of a hush hush type thing, you know. They're trying to educate everybody, let them know that you know we can't live life like that. We don't want the same mistakes to happen. But again. what did they say about the people who did it? What were their just like I just suppose. some bad people did it and. Right, they don't say everybody was in on it. It's like oh, Hitler and his little party. I gotcha, I gotcha. Everybody was misled. and It was just a small group of misled, innocent Germans. Exactly. So. I had a girlfriend um, who was happened to be a social worker at the uh, program I was in, and her father was one of the American troops who liberated Auschwitz, the... the the um, concentration camp. And he said that uh, he would sit in the bars, you know, like the, a lot of people think of the, as the concentration camp sort of being like on the outskirts of the town because it's this big, sprawling, you know, thousands of acres of, you know, sort of factory, low buildings, you know. 
um, some people sort of picture it as being out on the outskirts of town, but it's really not. It's right smack dab in the center of town. It's like school, bakery, Auschwitz, <laughs> residence. I'm fucking, I shit you not. Like across the street from the entrance to Auschwitz were private residents. Uh-huh. Like, uh, so picture that shit. Front row. <clears throat> and they so the so the, the this whole idea that they didn't know what was going on was just such fucking horseshit. Because on the days that they ran the ovens, there was like four inches of human ash covering everything in the whole town. Remember like after Mount St. Helens, there was like inches and inches of white ash covering everything. That's the way it was, like every Monday and Thursday. Wow. In this whole fucking town. And it smelled like burning fucking, you know. Yudin. Right. I don't suppose. No, <laughs> you ethnic- know what that smells like. <laughs> <Different ethnic. laughs> you yeah. know what that smells right. like. That smells like 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 human like a human being burned but without the porky it's, smell. It's usually overtaken by the smell of the uh, mash I just lit, you know. So you don't smell that when you're right there doing it. It's the porky, it's the lack of pork. <laughs> they have a very they have a less porky aroma. The no fish diet gives you a distinct smell. Jews eat fish. <laughs> well, the, the the concentration camp victims they didn't eat much of anything anyway. Right. So it was just the smell of burning flesh and bones. So he said that he went out. This guy, he was guy. I got drunk with him one night, and he tells me he's sitting in the bar in Auschwitz, Poland, and he says to the guy sitting across the street, across the uh, table from him. You know, <clears throat> this thing was right across the street, right down the block, right in your own neighborhood. Didn't you hear shit? Didn't you see anything? Didn't you smell anything? And he says the guy looked at him and he shook his head and said, "If he didn't smell a thing, <laughs> we smell nothing. We didn't smell. We hadn't. There was no smell whatsoever. There was no smell. Odorless burning flesh, eh?" That's nuts. What a fucking world, huh? Isn't it? Border, is it a borderline town with uh, Poland as well, though, or is it in Poland? Or it's uh, in western Poland, I believe. So it's nowhere near Germany. Well, see, there you go. <clears throat> I'm off the hook. It's the Polish guys. Well, the, there was, of course, Bergen Belsen was in Germany. There were plenty yeah. of concentration camps. Oh, yeah. None as big as uh, Auschwitz, though. No, and none as efficient and horrible as Auschwitz. Oh, the Poles! The Poles hated the Jews just as everybody as much, if not more, than the Germans. They say, you know, that when the very few Jews that survived the Holocaust were returned to their villages after, you know, hundreds of miles of cross-country trek to get back to their villages in Poland, where they were snatched up from, when they arrived at the gates of the villages, they were beaten to death at the gates by the other members of the village who had already stolen all their shit and moved into their fucking houses. Didn't, didn't want them coming back. They, they went through fucking, you know, all those years of fucking World War II being locked in some kind of fucking insane asylum where people were being shaken-baked every fucking night. You never knew when every, any day would be your last if your fucking use to the Reichstag, you know, ran out. Mm-hmm. Then you'd be fucking, you know, next day's barbecue. 
And the guy fucking finally makes it back. Then he gets, you know, sprung at the last fucking minute. His, you know, fucking skin is sticking to his rib cage. He finally makes it back to his little fucking town in Lutz, Poland, on the other side of the country after riding the rails and fucking, you know, hitchhiking and begging and pleading his way across the country. He gets to his hometown and he gets there and he goes, oh, I'm home. And they stomp the living fuck out of him and leave him a bag of bones by the fucking entrance to the city. That's That's what went on in Poland. And my grandmother escaped Poland... And every time I hear that story, every time I hear that my grandmother escaped Poland, I have this image of her like in these trench boots and like a hard hat, like in a cigar in her mouth, telling, you know, like my uncle, you know, hey, Rick, you go that way. <laughs> General and Grandma Fran, you go that way. <laughs> but it wasn't like that at all. Some people snuck out. Some people didn't make it. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jess Radio. It's Chick Night. Don't fuck with that dial. We'll be back in a little bit to say goodnight.
looks so sad The tears are in your eyes Come on and come to me now But don't be ashamed to cry Let me see you through Cause I've seen the dark side too Just the radio featuring the incredible voice of Chrissy Hine. Have you ever seen Chrissy Hine, Lord? No, I have not. There she is. You can you see that picture? Kind of creepy. She's she's <laughs> kind of manly looking. She is. Let me put it this way. She's. You know what I'm saying? She's hot in a disgusting kind of way. 
She really is very hot. This is not a good picture of her. No, it's not. <laughs> kind of worried about you. <clears throat> you know, I must say that I always have been sort of attracted to chicks that have kind of a a kind of a boyish frame. A petite boyish frame. What does that mean? Does that mean I'm a homo? Everybody's a little homo, right? And I'll tell you the truth. I've also also been attracted. What? <laughs> I'm not fucking any degree homo. I've also always been attracted to chicks who have guys as nicknames. What's up with that? Are you giving? I think you're giving the chicks the nicknames, right? That may be in some cases, but in some <laughs> cases they came with. You know, the first design is the now, right? <laughs> Listen to me. I grew up with three brothers in the house. Maybe that had something to do with it. Just uh, building a greater relationship with guys than you do with girls. I do like chicks with like smaller sort of frames and more petite features. And I also find chicks attractive that wear jeans and sneakers and T-shirts. Every day. Yeah, that's hot. I like street girls. You like anything with a pussy. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, thanks for joining uh, Jest Radio this Tuesday, or rather Monday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2006, for All Vagina Night. We featured the mellifluous uh, tones of female singers all evening, and we hope you enjoyed. Uh, Bob the Engineers asked me to remind you, if you've missed any portion of this evening's broadcast, it will be recast at 2 a.m., and then 2 p.m. And also check out www.jesterradio.com for the podcast feed. And get that going. Um, please leave it on Jester Radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's good for you. And it's uh, good for us. What else? While you're there on the website, please uh, mash that uh, donate button. Give till it hurts. Give till it bleeds. We're starting our own 700 Club here on Jester Radio. <laughs> Just keep matching on that. And also, the, you know, the holidays are coming up. Check out the Jester uh, Radio Tchotchke store, home of genuine JR crap. And just just fill up the fucking uh, you know basket with just uh, they have everything there. We have this stuff all over the studios here. We have like the Jester Radio clock, right? Clock. And we have some shirts and some, and, mugs. and some mugs, and we have the uh, coaster here. That's right, coaster. It's a lovely coaster. So we're we gonna work on that uh, sexy lingerie still, or is that uh, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a, a teddy. Gonna do Teddy, yeah, a Teddy with, uh, you know, tie it in with Dolly somehow. A Dolly Teddy. Put some little horns on there, like a devilish Dolly. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th extra special thanks to West Post, Sid the neighbor, Texas Frank, Ma um, Ms. American Girl, and uh, all the lovely folks that stopped by the Jess Radio chat room. And thanks to the Lordison who joins us behind the glass this evening. Of course. Remember, be impeccable with your word. How would you say that in German? Spreche immer die Wahrheit. Don't take anything personally. <laughs> yeah, I had a little trouble with that one. Skip to that next one there. Don't make assumptions. Glaube es nie, bis du es mit deinen Augen Always, always, always do immer, your best. Immer, immer. Mach es am besten. Until that time, Hustis. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Remember, I will always love you. And I'll see you when I get back from the Yukon. Good night. Good night.
But above all 